Been told I have bad posture by the producers of this show, Ryan, <laughs> and I'm trying to fix it. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> oh, good. Good. We might start there. We might not. I think we're going to start there. I'm feeling pretty strong about it. I can understand why. Okay, good. But of course, you know, as long as we're wondering things, the one thing I've been wondering uh, since uh, yesterday evening is um, how many people canceled before you decided to book the one guy on Kill Tony who does not talk. Well, that's actually not true. Nobody actually canceled on me, so... Nice. There you go. I appreciate that. Yes, nobody actually canceled on me. Um, I've actually been meaning to have you on for a while because I got really good positive feedback uh, when you were on the roadcast. People were like, this is awesome hearing from Ryan. Yeah, a, a lot of people hit me up after that and saying that they found, you know, it was especially the anxiety stuff, that for some reason that struck a chord with them. Yeah, which will, I mean, we can talk about that now or later, but yeah, there's, def there's definitely some questions that people send in about anxiety and stuff like that right, so right yeah we'll get to we'll, we'll ramp up to that oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair that's i fair. want to raw dog the anxiety <laughs> right at the top of that what are we doing welcome to psychoanalysis <laughs> hour right yeah <laughs> now here i had an idea and you okay. can shoot this down if sure. you want but i've never done this on the show uh now you have drawn me for those of you who don't know ryan j ebelt is the house artist on Kill Tony, and so much more. He's a phenomenal artist just in general, but that's how we kind of know each other. We see each other every week. We've been to a bunch of different cities together, and it's one of those things where Ryan has to draw me all the time, like as different characters or whatever, and he's really, really good. Like I, I love like so much of the art that he makes for the show. So I thought what might be kind of fun is if I drew you. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, I have a big disclaimer here. I am not an artist. <laughs> I this you might even get offended by what I what you appear on the page because oh. I don't have the proper tools. I have a legal pad. Uh, I don't have uh, you know a proper you know white canvas or anything like that. So um, this is more going to be more of a, a a courtroom rendering of what I think Ryan J. E. Belt looks sure. like, and I'm of just going to draw you while we talk, and then I'll show you what I think you look like. All right. Okay. Great. Um. So, if could you turn your chin to? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get really technical. It's like, is, okay, is this the right light? <laughs> yeah, I think the lighting is. It's flat enough, but also it's also voluminous enough where I get a, a really good idea of of what you look like. <laughs> can we get a shiny board up over here? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> sometimes, uh, I feel like like you've drawn me so many times where you really get a sense of what other people think of you after you've seen multiple drawings of you. And I'm like, just when I, just when I think that my nose is not big, <laughs> I look at, I look at like multiple of your drawings and I was like, Oh, this is what everybody's seeing. Okay, cool. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the funny thing about you, it's gotten to the point where Tony, I can more or less do without looking at him. Really? Just because I've done it so many times, yeah. Brian is actually Red Band is tough sometimes because, like, if he doesn't have his beard, he looks like a different dude. And and it's hard. He doesn't. Well, see, and like that's the thing. You know, you bring up your nose, and the thing about like speed, especially doing like a speed likeness, is having something to hang 
the look on. Right, you almost something start with the nose. Yeah, <laughs> and then be- build my face around the nose. Well, I, you know, and I know, you know, people ask me, you know, who do I like drawing? Like Dom Herrera. Like Dom is one of my favorite people to draw because you really have to screw up because he's he's very distinctive. Very looking. distinct. Like features. you know what he looks like. Very distinct features. And so as long, and of course, the other one that I would say like the biggest cheat code one of all time was Mike Lawrence. Oh well, yeah. Because a beard sure. and glasses, <laughs> and, and you were somewhere in the ballpark. Um, whereas there's other people, it's like that you just don't. There's nothing to hang. That, enjoy, but the funny thing about you is, and I've told people, you initially you were one of the harder people to draw, because for some reason there is this very narrow window, where if you if it's not quite right, it to me it doesn't look like you at all. Oh, interesting. But if you like, if you get the one thing or the other thing, and then it's like, okay, that's it. That that's close enough. That's, that's right, in the ballpark. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, my my nose at certain angles, it will look like a different person if right. if it's right, right. It's like, oh, that's that's interesting. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. Oh, dude, this is gonna be so good, dude. <laughs> if not, dude. dude. Oh, oh, I'm excited. I'm gonna freaking blow your freaking mind, dude. <laughs> uh, a lot of people. I mean, you've mentioned it. Like, it's actually in the foreword of. Uh, one of the the Kill Tony art right. books yeah. of how you got involved with the show. But for those of you who haven't purchased that, which I highly implore you to do that because it's really you like your favorite ep- episodes of the show. He's documented every single one in the moment through art while the show is going on, and it's really cool to see as a book. And uh, I get you know I'll get a little <clears throat> choked up at times because uh, when people bring it on the road because people always want us to sign the Brody uh, episodes. And that's just an example of just like how how cool it is like that you've been with the show like along this journey is that you've been documenting it and and to see all the uh, like all the guests who've come and gone and, and all the characters, some that are really obscure that you're like, I don't even remember those characters. <laughs> right, right, right. But like Ryan was <laughs> capturing it like and it's like a, a nice walk down memory lane. So check out his book. Um, but I want to ask you kind of like how you got involved with the show, because that was a question that kept coming up. Like when, when I reached out to people for, uh, for questions for the show. So, uh, mutual friend of ours, Andrew Thimelis. Love Thimelis. Um, he, Thimelis is one of those guys who, uh, I started out with, uh, yeah. out here. He's like, uh, OG, like, uh, open micers that where we started out out here. So yeah, he's, yeah. See, see and I met him, uh, there was a comic book store. We used to both go to, and we because we were friends with one of the guys that worked there. Like he was a mutual friend between us, and so we met there, and you know, and started talking, hanging out, and whatever. And so he knew, you know, Stephen Randolph, formerly of the Comedy Store, door guy, and Aaron Maliner and Bill Posley had a show called Palapalooza. Great show! It was a super fun. It, show. It was a lot of fun, and they used to have a live artist who had drawn Andrew when he had done the show before. And they had changed locations over to Meltdown, which now no longer exists. And I guess for whatever reason, she decided not to come with them. So Andrew recommended me. So I went in, and uh, I had never done live drawing before. Uh, but I had friends who had done it, and I'd, I'd gone to watch them. And so I said, sure, you know, that's, that's the whole thing about living out here. You learn to just say yes to things because you don't know where it's going to go. That's, yeah, that's like advice that I give people all the time is like, Keep saying yes. You don't know where it's going to lead to. 
Like I sometimes like begrudgingly, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but it, it, it works out a lot of the time. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't at all, but you know, you just have to have a, a good positive energy about it, yeah. and then hopefully it'll lead to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe and it won't. Who knows? Yeah. And so I went, and the first guest on the first night I drew the show was Tony. And so, of course, I, I get to that point in the story most times, and people go, oh, you know, the kismet. And it was like, no, 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 no. Now, after the show, he liked what I had done, and he said, he's like, oh, you should come check out our show. But, of course, I had never done live drawing before. I wasn't used to it. And so, to be honest, I kind of blew him off. Like, I was like, sure, and I was open to doing it, and it was kind of one of those, if he contacts me, <laughs> right. I'll go do it. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, but for the time being, I might just let it lie. And I did, and sure enough, I did Palapalooza for about another month and a half and got more used to being there and, and doing it and drawing live. And then Red Band was a guest on the show. Oh. And he said, yeah, why don't, why don't you come check out our show? And after that one, uh, Randolph and Dan Madonia happened to be there tonight and some other comics from the store, and they all said... Yeah, dude, dude, they've, they, they've both invited you. You should totally go do it. It's a much bigger show than ours. You know, you'll get much more. And, of course, what's funny is telling people that now, and they're like, yeah, but wasn't that when you were in the belly room? Like, were there really that many people watching? And, and it's like, yeah, it's a lot smaller than it was by comparison to now, but the difference was it was still going out as a podcast, and they were sure. still putting it up. And it's like, so, yeah, it had a much bigger reach then, you know, we were just doing a live show. And, yeah, you know, the house was usually full for Palapalooza every week. But it was, you know, people who were into the local comedy scene. And so that show was on a Sunday night. And the following Monday, you know, I, I told Andrew about it. And he was nice enough to reach out to Tony and said that I was going to come. And so they were ready for me when I got there. But, of course, what ended up happening, first night, I was on episode 104. Which, if you get the book, you'll notice is not in there. <laughs> because in my panic... To get to the show, even though I had all my kit together from doing Palapalooza the night before, I somehow left all of my pins and drawing <laughs> implements. I took my sketch pad, but I had forgotten everything I needed. And so I get up, and as anybody who knows who's been to the belly, belly room at the comedy store, it is very dark. Yeah, it's so dark, <laughs> which is horrible for an artist. And I had arranged for no lighting because I didn't know and I wasn't thinking, because I had been to the belly room before uh, to see other, some friends of mine and whatever perform, but I didn't even think of it. And so I've got no kit. I've got my sketch pad. I have no light. All I had was a ballpoint pen. <laughs> and it was uh, Greg Fitzsimmons and Morgan Murphy were the guests that night. And so I did the world's worst. <laughs> A ballpoint pen, you know, sitting in an office meeting across a conference room table, making fun of your boss, kind of drawing of yeah. them. And uh, I was like, all right, this may be it. Because sure enough, after the show, you know, Tony was very friendly. Like, how was it, pal? How, how'd you do? Did you, yeah. did you have fun? Like, let's see what you did. And, and so I quickly tried to explain, I, I forgot my stuff. And I, and I tried, but he was, like, he was like, no, no, you know, come. Like, we'll do it next week. We'll get it, whatever. And sure enough, and then and I didn't even think to tell him about the light. And then it occurred to me about halfway through the week, I was like, oh, God, I should figure something. And so sure enough, it, it all worked out, and Josh Martin arranged for me to have a little little desk light. And the, we, we just kind of went from there. But, of course, that initially ended up causing problems because then everyone who was s sat behind me 
would immediately complain, hey, dude, could you, could you turn that light off? Yeah, I'm, it's kind of blinding my eyes. What's going on with you, dude? It's like, well, I can't see to do what I'm doing if I do. So I ended up figuring out this way of wrapping a paper towel around it to, to make a diffusion, to make yeah. a nice Did that ever light on fire? No, no. I, I, I knew enough from uh, work, working on movies and TV shows and stuff to kind of, kind of give it a little space. So right, it right. Touching yep. the bulb. Because Chris, uh, Chroma Chris, one time, uh, there's these hot old school bulbs in the back green room and the main room. And oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came back and goes, he lifted up his shirt and he goes, oh no, my favorite shirt. And there was like, <laughs> there's like a burn mark that was like burned into like the armpit. That like, it could have easily lit on fire during the show. Like it smelled all smoky and brown and everything. And we're like, well, okay, that was a fire hazard that didn't happen luckily. But anyway, uh, so, so basically after that first mess up, Tony's kind of like, ah, it's all good, whatever. And, and you just keep kind of coming back, right? Yeah. But the second week, I'm sure you're like, I have something to prove this time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I, that one, I went in and I had found out who the guests were and planned it a little bit. In fact, you know, may, may as well <laughs> dispel the rumor now because it's it, it's it's become an inside joke for me and me alone is, of course, Tony always says at the beginning of the show with a blank sheet of paper. Now, back in the day, <laughs> that was a lot of times true. Because I may not I may not have known who the guest was or wasn't able to find any good reference of them or whatever, so I couldn't plan anything. I just kind of had to show up and see what happened in the episode. And I was only doing four people. Right. The show has grown tremendously since you started. It, it, you know, it was Tony, Brian, and then whoever the guests were, one or two people. And so I could, I could wing it. I, I, I could, you know, I got used to drawing Tony, used to drawing Brian. I could just guess. But as it went, you know, then I started trying to include Pat, and then and then Joel was on the show. It's like so trying to get Joel in there, and then you came on, and everybody started. It just started mounting up, you know. And I always felt bad later because I never did. I never included Sarah and Kim, who were the original my the, the regulars who were there when I started, because you know at the time I, I, I like I said winging it. I didn't think about it, but but now you know for the last two weeks, for instance. We've had ten people on yeah, stage. Yeah, it's been insane. It's been yeah. There's three regulars on the show now. Uh, the band that's three. Uh, sometimes we have Jesse Johnson now. Right. Uh, plus the panel, which can sometimes up, be up to four people. That's a lot of drawing. Yeah. Well, and you know, you always there's always the random chance that you know Ron White or somebody like just wanders right. in mid episode. And I always try to fit those guys in there when I can because it's fun. And I've noticed like the fans love it. You know. Ari Shafir does a wander through at the end of an episode or Ron or, you know, whoever, somebody just like Doug Benson's coming, Stan Hope, um, that the fans always love it that, you know, you that I managed to squeeze them in like in the last five minutes because oh, they, they just sure. wander through. Yeah. Um, but with that many people, it's like I, I do have to block something in and I kind of have to have an idea beforehand. I still try to let the show dictate some of the details and like maybe some stuff I add or what I you know like this last week you know uh, Matt McCarthy came in and, and did oh, William dude. one of the most hilarious things ever and so fun and they were both spot on and it was when I had a few minutes at the end of the episode I had done what I wanted to do I already had William a block like a place for him to be but I was like Again, William's in sunglasses he's got a hat on a beard it's the easiest thing in the world right, to draw right we're getting Matt McCarthy in there so we yeah. can have double William. <laughs> so good. 
That's awesome. What what's like you do like I kind of want to touch upon some of this the stuff that you've done before Kill Tony because you've had some cool things in your career that uh, I want to talk about. Like uh, you did some artwork on Team America, right? No, no. I d- well, actually, I sort of did, but it was all in-house production stuff. Doesn't like, matter. That still counts. Um, but no, I, I was one of the producer's assistants on Team America. Um, <laughs> I, I spent... If, yeah! I, and it's funny now, because it's like people will sing that song... And it's hilarious to me because it's like I'll ask them if they know where it comes from, and nine times out of ten, they have no idea. Yeah, it just, it, well, that's one of those songs that caught on like it, outside it, it, of the movie. Yeah, it became yeah. its own its own lexicon, and it, and it became like a meme. And it, it, it well, because it's so, it's just like it's literally the epitome of stupid Americans. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> America. <laughs> and so it became so pervasive that it's I mean, it's, so it's hilarious to me to run into people who singing it, no idea where it comes from. Um, but I start. I, I was just a production assistant on that. Uh, it took us oh, six months before we went into production, and a bunch of people changed over, and we got a new p- producer. And since I had been there, and they knew everything, he kept me on. And anyway, but the fun thing was, we were upstairs from the prop and the construction department, and he was on set all day. So if I got my work done for him, I would just go downstairs and hang out with them. So I got to make stuff. <laughs> Like I, I ha- I still have it at home. I got to make my own uh, miniature AK forty seven. Yes. <laughs> like like pull did the did the two resins into the mold and like had to tap out all the bubbles and all the stuff and then split it open and cut off the loose ends and stuff. Um, it it was a lot of fun and it's funny because I'll still meet people to this day who have friends who worked on it and they're like, oh, did you know you know you know. Fred so-and-so, and I'm like, if they weren't on the first team, I have no idea, because at one point, we were in one warehouse in Culver City, and at one point, we were running five units at the same time, because it's puppets, you yeah. didn't have to record any sound, so we had five full crews, cameras, lighting guys, grips, the whole bit, all pressed into one warehouse space, shooting stuff, it, it, it was Crazy. That sounds like such an intense shoot. How, didn't it take like a crazy amount of time, like to like to work? Anytime you're working with puppets or stop motion or animation, like it seems like it's so. Like I've done, I mean, this is such a small scale example; it's nothing to compare. But like I've done a bunch of stop motion short films yeah. back in the day when I was in high school and stuff, and they take so long just for like a three minute short. Yeah. So I yeah. can't even imagine like some of like. Uh, uh, like the the Wallace and Gromit. Oh yeah, like Ard, the, Ardman. Like, yeah. yeah, like that kind of stuff. Whew. It's insane. Have you done different work with any like clay or some of the different materials outside of like drawing and art? Oh yeah, yeah, and in, in, in different over like different times. But uh, I mean, to your point, all I was gonna say, what cracked me up at the beginning uh, was I kept overhearing, you know, because I was there before we even had the studio space and we're building anything, and I would hear them on these conference calls saying. You know, yeah, dude, it's gonna look just like Thunderbirds. It's like, but that was made like 30 years ago. It's gonna be so much. And and of course, in my mind, I'm just thinking, yeah, yeah, because marionette technology has come a long way. <laughs> yeah, since right. Then. <laughs> it's this new cutting edge marionette where the strings are carbon fiber strings. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that. so I'm just. And sure, we're enough, gonna use guitar strings to make it sound epic. While. <laughs> <laughs> bing, 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 bing. <laughs> 
Team America brought to you by Ernie Ball Strings. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Matt and Trey hated it. Uh, that we would literally, because we had to have um, animals on set, like they had the sharks in Kim Jong Il's uh, uh, palace. They would just have the animal guy bring in random animals to kind of keep Trey amused because he would get so bored because any, you know, they like to improvise and just change stuff on the fly. But every time you did that, you were having to move scaffolding. You were having to move lights. You were having to move all the marionettes, all the puppeteers. And the heads were robotic so so that they would look like they were kind of saying whatever the dialogue was sure but you had to program that right so there so it doesn't just look like like this so anytime they wanted to change things it would take forever to reset up and they would get so bored and just flustered so like i said we we had to start coming up with fun ways to keep trey like yeah. ha- happy yeah and into what he was doing because he was just like oh god again well it's probably one of those projects where they really bit off more than they could chew. Do you know what I mean? Like because they're already making their show, which yeah. is so much work as it is every single week, being that topical and writing new episodes yeah. and that whole thing. And then they're like, "We're gonna make a movie with puppets." And then they're like, "Oh, what? What have we done?" Like, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, and like I said, you know, them thinking like, "Oh, it's gonna be like Thunderbirds," and it's like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> definitely not." It's like that was a well-oiled machine because they were doing it all the time. Like you, are, this is the first time, so. Did did you go to like an art school or have like formal education with uh with art like how how does that work like I, uh, as as far as your come up as an artist I mean I took classes here and there you know but it was it wasn't anything specialized like in college I took two oil painting courses really Just general oil painting yeah uh, almost everything was self taught like I started drawing as a little kid and uh, had some friends it was about in the fifth grade we started seriously collecting comic books and stuff and we used to sit in the back of class and spend most of the classes you know drawing spider-man or whatever dude i used to doodle (laughs) spider-man so much spider-man the batman logo Uh (laughs) ak-47s um pistols uh men with mustaches because that's all i could draw (laughs) i'm like my dad has a beard my dad uh, and i i kind of know how to, to, to do that so i'm gonna i'm gonna that's 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 my forte right there (laughs) <laughs> just a little boy drawing men with beards <laughs> maybe some crosses here and there shout out what's up <laughs> how you doing up there good okay talk to you later um that's cool man uh yeah when I, when i was in college i would i would i took like i had a, a an associate's degree and right. that's, that's all i got and like it was all just performance like right. classes right. and stuff but that's where i like i had an improv teacher who was really encouraging. Right. Who I would just like, I'd be having these great scenes in improv class, and he pulled me aside after one. He's like, you know this is your you like your thing, right? Right, right, and, right. right. And, uh, and I just needed, I, you just need that push from an outside force. It's not your mom sometimes, you know what I mean? Because like after a while, you're like, you, you start feeling a little bit delusional. You're like, I mean, my mom says I'm great, but I'm not killing it anywhere else. What's going on here? This is really frustrating. She says I'm cool, but I keep getting cut from other sports teams. What's going on? I've somehow cleared the family hurdle. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nailing it there. I, I don't I don't know why this isn't transitioning to a broader yeah, audience. Can I, okay, can my mom talk to you real quick? I mean, she's she's a really good pusher of, of like my skill set and everything. My mom's gonna interview with me if that's okay. <laughs> what are your strengths? I don't know. What are they, mom? 
<laughs> she says I'm due for an Academy Award. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I want to um, get into uh, this next segment, and I'll return to my secret drawing here in a second. Uh, I want to get into this next segment called Wig. Stage hand. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're going to I'm going to pick a, a wig for you. All right. And you're going to pick a wig for me and we're going to try to figure out who these people are together. And uh have a conversation. All right. Maybe 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 paint some kind of picture or a scene with uh if you will what uh what this is. I think I already know what I uh, which one I I want for you. There's a handful <laughs> of different ones. I kind of want to see you in this one. All right. Or, or this one. Which one would you rather do, red or curly? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm feeling sort of ginger today. Okay, then do it. Or 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 is I, it or that? <laughs> That's kind of auburn. Okay, you're feeling sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not an artist, so I'm not specific <laughs> with my colors. I'm like that's brown, bro. <laughs> I don't know what kind of color palette you got over there, but listen. Blue is blue. None of this turquoise <laughs> queer stuff, okay? My crayon box has six colors, okay? Red, white, blue, <laughs> times two. That's all I got. That's all I got in my crayon box, okay? That's the only fibers of America that you need. You don't need this green stuff. Green card, brown card, get the F out of my country. I don't care what the hell you're saying to me, all right? My son at my school that I teach from home will only have six crowns. And did I say crowns? I said crowns. C-R-A, crowns. <laughs> as, as I think we've already established, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like this guy's gumption right there. I like how this guy. Okay, here I got. I think I got my character. All right, you, uh -oh. go, you go ahead here. I think I got mine. I'm just gonna pick one. Okay, I, I haven't used this one yet, and I think I'll, I think I like this guy right here. No, all right. Okay, one second here. Now Ryan's gonna put on that wig, and I'm gonna put on a little something that I haven't put on yet before. One second here. Take these uh, headphones off real quick. Okay. So Ryan is turning into some kind of well. Either a beautiful man or a hideous woman. I don't know which one he is yet. But we're gonna try to figure that out together. <laughs> what I like, what I, what I like about that that we that the way you're wearing that right now is like, it's like you have a huge, thick, full head of curly hair, but it's just like it starts a little far back. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a. I have an exceptionally sized noggin, so, uh... Oh, yeah, this fits real nice now. Man, man, sometimes you just nail a voice to a person. And sometimes it works perfectly. He's one of them guys that does this while he talks, for sure. <laughs> he, he plays he plays with his right there a little bit while he looks at people. And now, okay, all right, so... Uh, this guy's name is Dale for sure. Maybe, maybe like a Dale or a, uh, maybe like a, uh, no, maybe like a, uh, a, uh, a Rustin. Ooh, yeah, my name is Rustin. Ru 
Rustin Fields. Rustin. Hey, this is Rustin Fields right here. How the hell are you doing? Okay. Okay, hooting there. And this this guy over here. Mm-hmm. Rustin Fields. Okay. Uh I think that you come into my mechanic shop. In the mechanic shop. Yeah. Okay, male, female. Okay, maybe you're my secretary, by the way. <laughs> you're making that voice sound. I don't know who the hell you are. Okay. Let's see here. Yeah, you're my secretary at my at my tire slash mechanic shop. Well, that's appropriate as I was thinking. My name's kind of like Valine. It's sort of like Valvoline, only it's missing a couple. Hell yeah, that's an American woman right there. Valine. Man, I love my job. Man, it's good to be here, man. Okay. Hey, Valine. Yes. Get, get your sweet ass over here. It's time for the morning pension. What you need, just sweetie. Time for the morning pension, Valine. I got a case of the Mondays, and the only way to make it a fun day is a little upskirt with Valine. Right. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check your oil real quick. <laughs> she loves it. She loves it. It's all right if she loves it. But just try to keep it to the left. I'm a little sore this after last week. So. Oh my god! I was not prepared for you to say that. Okay, well, Valine, how are the numbers looking, all right? How are the numbers looking for this week? We haven't had a customer in damn two new weeks now. Well, we are a little down. I think the soda machine's out of RC Cola again. But What uh, the hell, RC? (laughs) That's my favorite right there. That's a good American company, RC. I actually know a guy named RC. The Royal Crown. Yeah, exactly, the Royal Crown. But you know Scooter, he comes in, he likes to drink I know, of them. Yeah. What's going on with, how, okay, we need to evenly distribute. We can't just have RC Cola just in the machine, though. We got to have other people get their sun kiss, their dad's root beer, and they also got to get maybe likes a 7-Up or something like that. Like, why are people only buying RC Cola in this damn town? Well, I mean, could I, could I put in a vote for Tab, maybe, or some Diet Right? I mean, Tab, we don't do diet. What kind of gay stuff is it? What are you talking about, Valine? I'm trying to keep my You're figure. You're about to get your oil checked again if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Valine. You better watch yourself over here. I haven't seen anything in years. I've been blind for five years. I don't know what's going on. Valine, Valine, don't leave me. I can't see anybody. Anyway, Valine. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes I think about you when I go home. I have to confess that, uh, that when I'm sweet. petting my dog, um, when I'm petting my dog rifle, yes, I named my dog rifle, and then I named my other cat assault, so I got an assault <laughs> rifle. Anywho. That's, I never put that together. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> you're not the smartest of chicks, Valine, and that's okay. Yeah, you're simple, you know? Uh, there's there can only be one brain here of the business, all right. Now, and that's me. And, and I, I was trying to tell you, I think you outside of work sometimes. And I was wondering, I know it may not be appropriate. I know I haven't seen a woman in six years, but also, um, would you maybe would you maybe see me 
Would you maybe see me outside work, Raleigh? Well, I don't know. That could be crossing the line, but... I literally check your cooter every Monday morning. I mean, how much more leading on to a man you can be? It was actually your idea. Well, I mean, I that that's just old-fashioned. These modern people up... I mean, I don't know... Where do you think we might go? Listen, you and I go together like vinegar and oil, okay? We come together, we look at each other, it's awkward, and then we go our separate ways. All right? And that's what love is. That's what love is. So you think we could just be awkward together? Valine, <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke right now. I'm back. All right. I'm back. I'm back, Valine. Well, I still can't see you, but I haven't sensed this kind of aroma of erotic fantasy in years. So what do you say? I'll take you to the finest buffet you can get your hands on. Old Country <gasps> Buffet. Maybe even Orion's if we can find one near here. Is it? All you can eat? Oh, it's all you can eat. And guess what? If we go to the buffet, I'm going to be all you can eat in your downstairs later tonight. I'm going to be dining in and taking that. I'm going to be going at you, and I'm going to be taking some of that to go. What do you think about that, Valine? As long as they still got the soft serve ice cream, I could be on board for this. Well, <laughs> once I get done, it's going to be some hard serve. I'm having another stroke, damn it. Damn it. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I got through it, Valine. You're my light and shining armor all. That's what you are. You've always been so strong. I know. All right. If you can grab my spare legs over there, <laughs> then we can hop in. I'm in my stagecoach. They get to Old Country Buffet. Did, did you want both feet or one with the peg leg on it this time? I don't want to be a damn pirate. <laughs> get me my real feet. Well, you know. The, I... the, diabetes, the diabetes took it from me years ago. <laughs> oh, we're not losing you again, are we? Nope. <laughs> I just want to. Oh. <laughs> Can I hold your hand for a second there? Of course. Well. This is what it feels like to actually touch a woman. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to say to me before we finish this up and close shop today? Well, we've known each other all these years, and I've always loved the smell of lava soap. And, and well, I'm looking forward to this. It, it'll be more than just a pinch on the buttocks. And that's how love was born. <laughs> Man, I always wanted to I always wanted to hear a redneck love story, you know what I mean? <laughs> well yeah. I mean, well there was deliverance, but uh <laughs> You sure got a pretty mouth, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. What if? Yeah. What about the 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 guy who was into the, that banjo? 
who they, they, they weren't expecting it, you know, like who, yeah, like he would walk by the, you'd hear that, and he'd be like, ew, yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Banjo duel for one over here. I would love to squeal like a pig for you. <laughs> I'll be your pig in a blanket. <laughs> Anywho, um, let's get into this uh, this next segment. But before we do, I want to make sure that people can can find you on your socials and uh, and purchase some of your art if they're they're into that. Sure. You're at Ryan J Ebelt on social media, and then um, pull up uh, his website here if you if you want to. Uh, plug any of the the Kill Tony uh, uh, art books and stuff like that right now. Oh, sure. Uh, so there's two volumes. Uh, volume one uh, is the earliest stuff. Volume two, the newer stuff. And then for new fans of the show, if you want, I did a combo book. That's the yellow one, uh, which has both volumes in one book. But it, and it but it includes everything that was in the first book, the foreword, all the all the other materials, and then the second book has. A new forward by Tony, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's just everything I've done. It's got a lot of the posters, other graphics I've made for the show, and uh, and come see us when when we're on the road. Uh, we always take posters that Ryan J. Ebelt makes specifically for the city that we're going to yeah. or the region that we're going to, and they're always fun and unique and different, and they're they're super dope. So check that out at uh, RyanJEbelt.com, and he can get some prints sent out to you. I'm actually on tour right now, and I wanted to tell you guys about some of the dates that I have coming up. I'm in uh, Buffalo, New York at Helium this week, actually, February 6th through 8th. February 13th through 15th, I'm headlining in Syracuse, New York at the Funny Bone. And then uh, March 1st, uh, February 28th through March 1st, I'm headlining the Funny Bone in Albany, New York. And then Huntington Beach coming up, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Sunnyvale, California, and then uh, we'll be back in Houston and Austin. And I just added dates in San Antonio, Texas. I will be heading back there to the LL Comedy Club to headline there myself for a full weekend. So definitely check that out. That comes out in March that I will be there. And uh, new merch. There's Milkman shirts, Darwin shirts, all at JeremiahWatkins.com. Hit that merch button. We got some good stuff coming your way. A lot of stuff. Cat burglar beanies, the whole thing. So get that stuff. Let's get into this next segment, fanning out. Fanning out. Questions from fans. I reached out to the people online and said, if you could ask Ryan J. Ebelt any questions or send us some character suggestions or whatever, what would it be? And uh, this one comes from, this first one comes from, at Gerard Adam on Twitter. Does Ryan have any favorite comic book artists, favorite comedians to draw, or uh, consider have you considered drawing a Kill Tony comic book? You answered the uh, the favorite comedians to draw one with mm-hmm. the uh, Dom Herrera, but do you have a, uh, any fam- uh, favorite comic book artists, or or would you consider drawing a Kill Tony comic book eventually someday? Yeah, um, I mean, probably. Whoops, sorry. My the two big ones or the two most influential ones was uh, there was a guy named Bernie Wrightson who was one of the creators of Swamp Thing way back when. And uh, he was one of the first ones where I looked at it. You know, I, I loved read. I read comics since I was a little kid. He was one of the first ones where I saw it and thought, like, I want to do that. Like that. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my thing right there. Yeah. And then uh, the second one, which happened a little bit later in particular, there, there were a few, but the one that stands out the most was a guy named Bill Sienkiewicz. Um 
you know, I mean, there's so much stuff that Bill's done, and Bill's also done a bunch of album covers and some movie poster stuff and whatever, but he was the first guy where I looked at his stuff and thought, you can do that in comics? Because he did this very multimedia, crazy style that was all over the place, and uh, that was just gorgeous, and, and, it, and it worked, and he told and they, he was able to tell great stories with it. Um, as for a Kill Tony comic book... The thing about that is, much like we were talking about puppets earlier, is that people don't realize how much oh, goes dude. into it. Just on just on a small scale production side, you know, we we sold those Kill Tony band calendars, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't know that we spent months shooting those photos sure. around LA with all the locations and everything with Eric Staniford, uh, who who shot the calendar. And like what it took to like get those photoshopped and everything, yeah. like it, it it was such a huge project where like people are like you're gonna do another one next year. I'm like I don't know. Like right. It was yeah, yeah, it yeah. was it's an investment. really difficult. Yeah. Like I'm really proud of how it turned out, but like all that stuff takes so much time. Right. Because I, I mean I've got a handful, and I was gonna say well, while I have no real formal art education, uh, when I moved out here, I got to be friends with a number of comic book artists, uh, pros, and you know, I learned a lot from them, and you know, a couple of them, like, like I've helped with stuff. Like, there's no sense seeking it out. You're not going to see my work in it because it was one where it was deadlines. You know, if they were working on multiple books or you know, like something, and something had fallen behind or whatever, and I would come in. You know, like I, I worked on an issue of Batman once. You know, so I got to realize my fifth grade dreams. But at the same time, all I was drawing was if I'd never have to draw another fire escape again. That's what you, they had to draw. It was backgrounds, like oh, like wow. he needed the backgrounds. Wow. So I'm drawing. You know, I had to draw. That's got to be so surreal, though, for you as a Batman fan. Sure. To, to just be working like in any capacity, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll make the fire escapes. I'll make yeah. the yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. The only the only f and the thing was, I would also I would just block in where the characters went, but he did all of that. Uh, the only fun one I got to do from that uh, angle is I did get to draw one panel where I, I did get to draw the Batmobile. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so that 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 was fun. That was well, you, you've driven uh, you've drawn me as uh, as Batman multiple times, <laughs> which I love because your characterization of the mask literally like doesn't fit right <laughs> because the nose and it's like me like eating pizza or something. It's like really cool. I love I like oh, yeah. yeah. It's freaking great. No, that one that one all came together. It was the first time playing DC. And so the first thing, and I know Tony loved the Joker, and that's why I went around and asked everybody who their favorite characters were. And, you know, Tony I already knew, and then I asked you, and you like Batman. Then I asked Red Band, and he also says Batman. I was like, oh, no. He said, but I don't know. I, I like Batman. I like, you know, I liked Wonder Woman. I was like, there we go. I've, you know, it's, become perfect. A, it's become a joke that I draw Red Band and drag a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, and then Joel said Bane, and I was like, all right, we, we've got a whole Batman thing going here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I want to ask this next question. There, mm -hmm. There's so many good ones that that, that people sent in. Um, this is an interesting one. At Mile High Haiku, question for Ryan: Is the Kill Tony gig the most purpose you felt as an artist, or do you prefer solo commissions for your art? I'm just more interested in like like when you get a solo commission. Like, what what is the process? behind that because you you've you've drawn a lot of art for like a lot of our friends podcasts now sure and just in general for other people um so i guess they're asking like what's maybe what's the feeling behind like doing like that weekly kill tony gig versus like getting a random commission out of nowhere well it, it ends up being kind of a sweet spot thing uh there's two things you don't want 
the one that's the I dread the most is, oh man, I, I just love your stuff. Like you, you just do whatever you want. Yeah. That is always the big because it means we're gonna be working in reverse. I will do something. Yeah, that's nice, but could you change this and could you change that? And I don't know how I feel about this. And and we're gonna be doing draft after draft after draft backwards. And then the other one that's always painful is, oh no, I got an idea. And they start spelling out this idea. And you can see where they want to go, and it's like, this is not going to work. It is not going to look as cool as you think it is. And in those cases, you kind of have to figure, well, I went ahead and changed this because I thought it might look better this way. So there's kind of a sweet spot where it's like, you know, they have a rough idea, they have a direction they want to go in, but then, you know, I know where I can take it from there. And then, you know, some good back and forth, and and, and we're usually good. I mean, as for purpose, it's like, it is always nice to have a reason, like knowing I'm going to do Tony every week. It gives it gives me a reason behind what I'm doing. But yeah, it, it, but there's also a lot of joy in just sitting there and coming up with something. What's your typical week look like as an artist? Like how often are you drawing like per week kind of? Do you know what I mean? Is it is it a daily thing or is it like a or is it like a every other day kind of thing or just when you feel influenced? Because for me, like when I'm writing jokes or whatever, sometimes I have to force myself to sit down or sure. ded- dedicate time to it because I'm just more being like influenced by stuff around me. And uh, or like, you know, you get the like you find stuff on stage. Um, how does that like your week look like as as an artist or somebody who's drawing and painting and different stuff like that? Yeah, it, 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 it's sort of sad, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I spend almost all day, every day, working on something, whether it's actually, like, planning. And, like, I, I, I pull a lot of reference photos, and I'll go through books. Like, I have a bunch of art books at home and books full of posters and, you know, comics and all this different stuff that I look at for inspiration. Um, so I'm either doing that, uh, pulling together sketches, you know, actually doing drawing, physically drawing or painting, uh, doing my digital cleanups and layouts and all that kind of stuff. The weirdest part to me is I used to, like after I quit working on like movies and TV shows, my primary thing was as a writer. Like I used to write uh, ad advertising copy and I would write, I had a bunch of friends who did music videos and advertising and the different, different stuff. So I primarily made it as a writer uh, helping them out, coming up with campaigns and pitches and treatments and all this stuff. And art was kind of my sideline. And then that I took very seriously. And I was in art shows and like, I would have pieces in galleries and I did, a, I did a solo show at one point. But it was always kind of the my thing. And then sort of post-Kill Tony, now it's primarily what I do and I write on the side or when something <laughs> comes in. Yeah, I mean, I thought you were going to say the opposite, but like it's, the fact that you're always working on something, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it becomes because a matter Because you said, he said, it's kind of sad. I was like, oh, he's about to say that he, he never does it. And then it's quite the opposite. That's like not sad at all. That's like, I, I, I that's why I love connecting with people who are passionate about sure. their fields and stuff is like, yeah, that's, that's me with comedy. It's like I'm doing something comedy related most of the time. I mean, you, you find breaks and stuff where so you're feeling healthy and not like crazy right, at other right. times but yeah absolutely man oh i mean i meant sad in respect that it's that's most days of the week is that i get up and i start working 
And then I stop working sometime around 10, 11 o'clock, depending on what's going on, and maybe try to watch a movie or something, and then go to bed and get up and do it again. That, that's what I mean by sad, sad in the, I don't see the outdoor, you know, it's like I, I have to force myself, like, to get up and, like, do other things, it, just because it's, like, become such a grind, and to make sure, you know, like, things are done on time, and you and that you're meeting deadlines, and just that, that you never know. And let, let's face it, not, not, not to be mean to the comedy community, but not always the best forethought planner kind of things. Hey, uh, Ryan, can you be here in seven minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, is that, is, that, is that possible? Um, I, I hit Ryan last night. Uh, literally, I was like, hey, can you do this tomorrow morning? And he's like, yeah. That's why at the top of the podcast, he's like, did somebody cancel? I was like, no, nobody canceled. <laughs> I'm sometimes bad at planning. Like sometimes, sometimes I'm like... Oh yeah, I, I have this thing tomorrow. Who would I like to spend an hour with? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I get them all the time. Where you know where somebody uh, you know I'll get a text from somebody I know better, who goes, uh, uh, you know, yo, dude, my friend, like he's putting on a show. Uh, they need a flyer or a poster for it. Like I told him, you know, you could probably do it for him. You know, and then and sure enough, the guy texts or calls or whatever and tells me what he needs. And it's always like, you know, it's on Tuesday. And they, yeah, so the show's on Thursday. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a freaking mess. And it's, you know, I need a full painting. <laughs> and it's, they get new, new. And then usually what ends up happening is like, I tell him like, well, yeah, I, like I could sort of do this for it, but I'm not going to. And then, okay, well, maybe, maybe we'll do it for next month's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's push that off back a little bit. <laughs> Uh, this is from uh, our buddy uh, Jason Sealer, 77, uh, on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan is awesome. My question is, has he found a light guy yet to spot him, especially Kill Tony shows that are on the road? Hard to draw in the dark. It, uh, what I ended up doing, I actually have a, uh, a variation of the itty-bitty book light mm-hmm. uh, that I bring in my bag. Uh, some clubs, like, you know, we've done cobs a number of times, and they have me sat in the one place where there's still a light out in the audience. So that ends up working. Uh, but yeah, I, I have this little book light that I take with me and it's, it's usually enough. I, I sometimes have to like pick it up and physically like put it right over whatever I'm working oh, yeah. on so I can see. Literally by candlelight <laughs> and like, well, uh, let me draw, <laughs> let me draw Tony this episode and whatever the, whatever Joel and drag is this episode. <laughs> Dude, I love that. So we, we usually, Joel usually goes in drag, but we put Chroma Chris and drag as Michelle from Full House on Monday. There are so many comments online that are like, this is going to haunt my dreams. Like, Chroma Chris in drag is a nightmare. He's, we, we, it's a running joke that we, how ugly Chroma Chris is as a woman. Like, he's fine as a dude, but, like, it's next level gross as a, as a woman. It's so funny. <laughs> yes, my uh, what was it? Golden Girls, I think, was yeah. my first exposure. Oh, dude, Chris, dude Chris as a Golden Girl was nightmarish. <laughs> just something where you'd just be waking up in the middle of the night, just. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's always funny too, because because I'll even get it in the drawing sometimes if I you know, like like turning Brian into a girl. Yeah, but it's like there's some people where yeah, there's Chroma yeah, Chris yeah. As, as Michelle Tanner. Yikes! Oh my goodness! Oh, how many how many extra chromosomes does that kid have? <laughs> <laughs> and it's always one of those weird things because it's like. Chris is not a bad-looking guy. Right. But as soon as you do the switch over, it's like, what happened? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, uh, this from comes from Tons More Cowbell on Instagram. Your favorite place to eat back home in Austin? 
Well, I only went to college in Austin. Uh, Houston was my original home. Your stomping grounds? Uh, but I only lived in Houston until I was... My dad worked for General Motors, and so every time he got promoted at one point, we moved. So I went from Houston to Detroit to Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, to West Palm Beach, Florida, back to Detroit, and then to Austin. And I just went to college in Austin before moving out here. And... A lot of the places I like to go are like to go. Uh, some, some, many of which don't don't exist anymore, just because Austin's changed so much. Like that was, you know, I was there in the '90s, and so this is, you know, before Franklin's and a lot of the sort of like famous barbecue. Jo- I mean, there was the Salt Lick, which at that point the Salt Lick barbecue was Salt Lick is good. Was was just it was the one that was kind of a little bit out of town. Um. Yeah, no, I don't know. And then there were so many different places, you know, in South Congress grew up and they put in the whole like food truck court down there. And so I've been to a bunch of the places because I'll go back to Austin. But like I said, it seems seems like it's a different place every time I go back. Yeah, they're definitely keeping weird out there in Austin. (laughs) Uh, This comes from Kelsey Hudgens on Twitter. Uh, Oh, this is going to be great. I've heard him talk about his anxiety on the roadcast. Are there any tricks or tips in dealing with it day to day outside of meds? People definitely wanted to hear. They they liked your anxiety talk. So now's that time. Yeah. Well, one of the things there are a couple of herbal supplements that I actually like to use that aren't drugs. It's called meth. <laughs> <laughs> it's an herbal supplement. <laughs> it's called cocaine. It's from the coca leaf. <laughs> they distill it it's down. Super organic. And make it into a fine powder. Yeah. It's actually uh, vegan as well. <laughs> um. And you know what? They could totally be placebo effect. But I was actually listening to an interesting show where they were talking about the thing that everybody forgets about the placebo effect is if it works, (laughs) then you're still getting the benefit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But I do find um, going for walks, like getting out, getting some form of of exercise, and just getting away from things for a bit. meditation a different and even you know you can even do sort of a micro dosing form of meditation i know a lot of people can't you know their biggest complaint about it is i can't sit still for that long but if you figure out how to do it in, in like in little bits especially as you start to amp up or you start to like you start feeling the like the gears twisting inside of you like i found like that helps a lot just like taking a minute um there's even, and, and you know, in YouTube, and there's some apps for it now of, of the different, um, uh, you know, just sound meditations, guided meditations, like stuff like that, that also help a lot. Like if you don't know or you feel stupid just sitting there, you know, um, you know, it doesn't work for you. It's like there's a lot of ones where it's like it kind of takes you on a little dream course through new age music. And as silly as it sounds, a lot of times it ends up working. Yeah. And, you know, I end up finding, like, I'm sort of at the point now where if if I'm not feeling anxious, if, if I can kind of perpetuate that, that I don't think about it. Because a lot of times it's the minute I think about it that, like, oh, gee, I feel pretty good today. I, I haven't felt twi-. That's when it starts, like, oh, no. Here oh, no. It comes. I'm fe- I, be- I, be- I have been feeling good, actually. It's, yeah. it, it's coming back now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> The anxiety's here. Oh, it's just this growing feeling inside me. At first, I thought my day was going to be perfect, but no, I'm here to ruin everything, aren't I? <laughs> Ryan. 
don't come back. It's your friend, Anxiety. Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling you might show up today. What are we going to do about it, Ryan? Well, uh, first I was thinking of having some lunch, but then uh, maybe we'll go for a nice walk. But you might choke on something if you eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to choke on something and possibly die if you eat lunch, Ryan? I don't know, Anxiety. You might want to consider the fact that if I do choke out on something, it'll take care of you, too. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I am. It's kind of a symbiotic relationship. All right, that is kind of true. But if you go on a walk, you might stumble and break your ankle, Ryan. So maybe it's just good to stay in bed today. What do you think? Uh, No, I've got way too much to do. I can't. Oh, you can do that tomorrow. Why don't you just stay in bed with me, your pal Anxiety? I don't know, Wing. Anxiety with that, uh... I'll slip into something more comfortable if you do. That sultry tones you've got... Anxiety, you... I've got some oil here. Would you consider oh. giving me a massage? Oh, yeah. Anxiety with three X's. Let's do this. <laughs> it could be mutually beneficial. I'm oh, just saying. we'll both get off in the weirdest <laughs> way. I mean, oh, we'll get those Frito... I mean, Chip crumbs out of your belly button. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, performance anxiety is also a part of this. I mean, it is. Sometimes you can't deliver, and that's the whole thing. Is like, sometimes do I even want to go down that path? Do I even put myself out there at all? I might fail. I might be judged. I don't know. I mean, we could get a good, you know, it's a good whoops, reciprocal relationship. We could get going here. <laughs> you know me oh too well. All right, just sit in this beanbag chair for another six hours, all right? Can we call it five and a half? All right, that's a good compromise. <laughs> yeah, man, sometimes just uh, we have weird uh, weird people calling the show, and sometimes uh, um, I think that I, I don't even know who you were talking to uh, a second ago. I You kind of checked out there for a little bit, kind of went in your own place. I was just kind of looking at you for a while, and I was like, who's he talking to? Was it a voice inside your head? Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah mm. back brain. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, oh man, there's so many good uh, questions. Let's do a couple more, and then we have to round it out with sax talk. All right. Um. So, did you cover when did you first realized? Uh. It, well, this is interesting. At Squig Studio on Instagram, when did you first realize or identify that you were a true artiste? Like, what was the gig or something that pushed you over? Because as as a comic, there's certain milestones where you're like oh i feel comfortable calling myself a comic now what was it that took you to get you to that place as an artist where you're like i'm comfortable telling people and introducing myself that i'm an artist i think i mean there's a certain level of accomplishment like when you first draw something or paint something that you don't mind looking at you know like a lot of the, the stuff is you know i had a thing for years when i was younger where, you know, like, my friends liked the stuff I was doing and whatever, and so I would just give it to them, like, just give it away, because it's like, I, I don't want to look at this again. Yeah. And, if, and, in fact, I've had a few of those people, thanks to social media, go, I've still got it, and they show me this picture, and I always tell them, and I'll send you a new one if you'll throw that yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please never show that to anybody. But I think one of the biggest hurdles I cleared that really made me feel... Uh, I mean, I'd gotten hired to do a few things, but the one was selling, it was fine art. I had an art show, 
and the first time I sold something to somebody I did not know. That that to me, you know, and I and I had already like I had done stuff for pay. I had done you know different jobs for people and whatever. Like I had I had some professional cred as far as doing some artwork stuff. But what really did it to me was the first time like I sold a big piece to somebody I did not know, you know, who was not family, wasn't a friend, wasn't a friend of the family or anything like I did not know them at all. And that was really the one that it's like, OK, I, I've done I've, I've at least cleared the Van Gogh level. You know, he he sold one painting in his <laughs> yeah. lifetime to an yeah. old lady. And that was it. That's and insanity. It's like, all right, I've cleared that part. Yeah. <laughs> So if I sell, you know, one more, I won't be as good as Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do this one. Um, ha- this comes from by Poo Poo Face, okay, on Instagram. Um, have you designed tattoos for people? Also, what if we want to get one of your pieces of art as a tattoo? Would we need to give you a kickback? I don't know why, but I really like that fancy shark in a suit with a cane you have on your site. Yeah, I. It's funny. I have designed a fair number of tattoos. I've never done a tattoo on somebody, but I've designed a number of them. And what's funny is probably I've only seen. I would say nine out of ten of them. The person just like I would give them the original. Like yeah. I would do the design and give them the original so they could show it to the tattoo artist. And nine times out of ten, for some reason, they love it, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't." I can't get this. Is it? And and they just frame the original and oh, put it on the they're wall. They're like, I don't need this on my body. I, I want to look at it on my wall every day. Like, okay. And I've had a few where I've designed them uh, cover-ups, and that for whatever reason the artist, the tattoo artist, was always like, yeah, uh, that uh, that's not going to quite work and whatever. And so they ended up getting it. But I have had a number of people send me stuff where I didn't design it, but it was something I had done and they had gone it, which I guess is open game. I mean, it's kind of become sort of a funny thing, especially in today's intellectual property fuzzy areas, because, you know, they talk about, you know, just in fine art that I sell this painting at an art gallery for a thousand dollars, but then my name blows up and then you sell it, you know, you own it and you sell it again later for a million dollars but technically it's still my work, but I don't get any of that million. Yeah. And so people have gotten kind of weird about that. I always have one. It's like, if, if you have a guilty conscience over it, it's like, I'll tell you my PayPal or Venmo. Yeah, you want to yeah, send yeah. me a little something for it. But, you know, I, I understand. It's like, what, what, once you put what, it out there. What's your Venmo? <laughs> I think it's just Ryan-Ebelt. Ryan-Ebelt. Okay, if there's any people who've been stealing his art online and you're feeling guilty, Ryan Dash Ebelt. There you go. It's it's black and white drawing of me as the icon. So you know. yeah, it's pretty easy to find. Um, can we get a feminist Stacy cartoon? Says Fresh underscore Bros. That's another one of those time-consuming things that would that'd be fun, but also. Have you ever done animation like that? Where like because you have to draw uh, old school animation. Right, cell animation. Yeah. It's thirty frames at least right or 24 fr- uh frames per second well 24 is the standard for film for film uh, yeah. or is it for, six, m- for most cartoon animation it it's less oh it's less like oh like 15 or 20 it's less that you actually have to draw because what you do is what they call keyframes, which is different points where that you want the characters to hit right and different poses and then they you can ha- kind of move those along yeah, and then you yeah. have the fills and the lower end animation has less fills, and then the higher end stuff, like a lot of the like like you know anime movies, 
like uh, those tend to have a lot more to them. But sort of the joke is if you go back and watch old, you know, like He-Man and G.I. Joe and stuff like that and Scooby-Doo and whatever, you'll if you watch enough of them, you'll see where they keep repeating. Like they'll take the cells, they'll take the characters from another uh, yeah, from another yeah. episode and roll it over. And that's why, you know, like in He-Man, they would do the, I have the power of Grayskull, and it was all the same stuff over and yeah, over. Yeah, with different backgrounds Because there you go, you got two minutes, you don't have to animate because right. you did it once. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Bird Snatch on Instagram. Do you enjoy drawing or painting drunk or high, or do you keep it sober while creating? Also, do you charge Tony for the extra ink you have to use since he started rocking that mustache? <laughs> oh, that's a funny question. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's an extra quarter an episode. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it adds up over 50 episodes. Um, no, I will sometimes have a shot before we start, which is just enough, just because speed. Because just a little bit of something, it keeps me from thinking too much because I've got to work so fast. Because I want to have something done by the end, sometimes just a little bit of grease to the wheel, like a quick sip of whiskey or whatever, helps me, like, like takes off the edge and makes me, like, where I stop overthinking it and I'm just cranking the entire time. But I have noticed, like, uh, no more than that. Because anything over that, then it just starts to slow down because now you have impaired yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I already went into it knowing that just from occasionally like being at parties. Uh, you know, I would sometimes have my sketchbook or my kit with me, and people would be like, yeah, yeah, it's just Joss. And so I'm like, sure. You're that guy at the party. He's like, all right, fine. And it's like, and they're already drunk, so they can't, unless they're sleepy drunk, they can't sit still. So, and of course, I'm already wavering, and it's like, yeah, this is never going to work. And as we were talking about earlier, if I'm doing seven to ten people on stage, there's no way doing this impaired is ever going to fly. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts on graffiti uh, at the class of 72, says on Twitter? Because like, do you do you consider that artwork or do you consider it vandalism? Like, uh, like. I mean, it depends. You know, it's like there's levels of it. Uh, you know, to me, a lot of like, if well executed stuff is well executed stuff. Um, I mean, that is a tough one to answer. But it's but a lot of, uh, I mean, it depends on what you mean by graffiti. If you're talking about where people actually set out to do some sort of artistic expression. That's one thing, but you know you're more generic, just tagging or writing this uh, the same thing. And I do get tired of because uh, there's a few people around LA where it's the same thing, like over and over. Like they have whatever their brand or their character or something, or the, you know their specific script, and you just see it here, you see it there, you see it there, you see it there, and it's like, well, other than self promotion, I don't understand what you're saying with that. Whereas, you know, but you take, obviously the most obvious example, Banksy, you know, something, but you take it to something like that, where it's like, you have something to say, you're like, you're delivering a message on it. A lot of those I really like. And a lot of the people who are able to use, um, like where they use, you know, like if there's a fire extinguisher outside and it leads to a plate and and they figure out some way to make it look like something else. like a door to somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where they build something in it, you know, and even some of the guys who do the, like, the stuff on the ground where it, like, looks like open into a hole. Like, like when it gets really involved, it's like, it can be beautiful stuff. 
you know, it's like, I, I don't personally have any problem with it because to me that adds value, especially in certain places. It's like where, I mean, the architecture's crap. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing else to look at. It's like, yeah. you're, you're adding, you're adding something to this. To this. Let's uh, close out this uh, episode with one of my favorite segments, Sax Top. Sax Top. All right. I told Ryan. Prepare a story of a sexual encounter. It can be as innocent or as graphic as he'd like. He mentioned just a second ago that uh, he's already shared one on a roadcast, so uh, <laughs> I'm making him share another one. So here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see where this goes. All right. Whenever you're ready, I'll follow along with you. That, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have anything that's fun, <laughs> that's graphic. As, as, you, as you can tell, I'm a soft and sensitive type. <laughs> what? <laughs> my, my assortment of whips and chains, they, they, they need to be oiled. I mean, they're way, right. way out of use. So I'm getting pegged in a basement, right? <laughs> Things start happening. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, if you imagine Jim Norton, <laughs> we're, we're, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum in many respects. Um, but the one I started thinking of that was, <laughs> that was sort of fun um, I want to say it was for my 24th birthday, something like that. And, uh, we had, we had, uh, gone out for drinks, of course, as you, as you do, uh, mixed group. And, uh, naturally by the end of it, most of the girls had melted away and you had a bunch of drunk 20 something year old guys. And naturally, I think you can only assume where you start hearing the rumors of where they want to go next. So we end up driving to some far-flung end of the valley. <clears throat> uh, I do not remember which uh, strip club it was. And we're sitting there, and I, I'm feeling pretty, you know, pretty good at the time. And it's like now, now there's titties flying around the room. Like, what, what, what more did you need? I, I was okay at that point. But naturally, everybody starts pooling together, and uh, it's time to go get the private dance. So they pick out uh, a very attractive uh, young lady. Uh, and uh, she starts to escort me to the back. And, of course, up to that point, the only thing I knew about the back rooms was what Chris Rock had to say about champagne rooms. But the weirdest part is, so she sits me in this kind of dentist's chair type of apparatus. And uh, she takes off my glasses. And then reaches down and also undoes my belt. <laughs> and at that point, uh, drunk as I was, I'm still wondering, like, oh, God, where is this going? <laughs> was there a bonus tip? But the hilarious part was, uh, and what made this memorable, was she left the door open into the club. <laughs> So even with my glasses off, I could still see all of my friends sitting at the table, turned around like like, like they didn't move their chairs. They were just like turned around like like just watching me in the back room as this girl climbs on me and starts grinding away. Which of course, 
immediately robbed it of any because I'm starting to laugh because they're laughing and I feel bad because <laughs> this, this beautiful girl, you know, going to town, really, really trying to get her, get, get me my money's worth. But at the same time, it's just hilarious because I'm watching these idiots watching me. <laughs> And so, of course, after, uh, I, th I think they must have paid for two or three songs because it, it went on for quite a while. <laughs> but going nowhere because I'm basically drunk and giggling my ass off and trying, and trying hard not to laugh because I don't want her to think I'm laughing at her. But, of course, it comes to a close and, she, you know, and how is that? <laughs> and I'm like, it was great. <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I'm I'm very happy that you're here. And you know what? I'm glad that like this is. I I tried my absolute hardest. This is actually the most effort I've probably put into a drawing maybe in my life. All right, I'm excited uh, to see it. We're going to do the reveal right now. Can we get a close up right here on this? Dun da da dun dun dun. It's a little bit of everything from the episode. All right, I'm we, taking that nose as revenge. <laughs> I, I did. I, I made it way more broad than it than your nose actually is. As soon as I did it, I was like, oh, I have no spatial awareness on noses on, on how to do them. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, that's my nose revenge on you. You got the little America up here, a little Texas, Spider-Man, since we covered that, a little lamp, uh, Batman, since you drew on that. Um, uh, I put... Um, uh, walking for anxiety and then anxiety with the triple X as your utility belt and uh, just different uh, uh, paint brushes and pens and stuff like that. So this is uh, this is yours, buddy. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Because <laughs> as you said, you don't you don't you don't normally get the lint turns back on yourself. I know, right? <laughs> well, there you go. Um, wait, did. I, we're, I'm getting a note from the producers here that uh, they did a drawing oh. of. <laughs> they did a drawing of me during this episode. And this is what they think I look like. <laughs> Was I hunching this episode? Was I hunching? What the frick? These chairs don't support the lower lumbar! It's hard for me to... Is this better? Is this better? We need to get a different mic set up then. Yeah. I'm hunching so far that the, the mic isn't even plugged into the floor. This is the respect I get on my show. Anyway, Ryan, um, uh, you're going to witness me fire someone today. <laughs> nice. No. They're great. Shout out to Anthony Whitlock's Engaged T Arena for always making the show look amazing. And uh, and CJ Landry helping out as well. Um, Ryan J. Ebel, get his stuff online. See us every week on Kill Tony. Check out his art. I love you, man. Um, 
love you too. Thanks for being an awesome friend over the years, and uh, and uh, you always give me amazing hot sauce here and there. Like you've yeah, ha- you've I, given me some great hot sauce that I've when, tried. When I come across it, yeah. yeah, from Texas and some other places that I really enjoy. So, um, yeah, man, thanks for being here, and uh, I think people are really gonna dig this episode. I hope so. I had fun. Heck yeah! Thanks for being here. Love Thank you, buddy. You. Love you too. Thank you.